this evening the moon as full as it can be, as close as it can be to our planet, rose. And we count this as the first night of spring. Spring is a new season that developed out of winter in very subtle and minute changes. And even though we call it spring, this is early spring. There will be mid-spring. Or so we think. We really don't know. The human mind likes to count. The human mind likes to categorize and stick reality, suchness, into objects for convenient storage so it can refer back to them when it needs to. Language and recognition is solely based on that principle of storing away to be able to later reuse. The thing that we deal with here in Zen practice is that we remind ourselves what is being stored away, what is being abstracted, is not the essential is not it. We say moon, but without ever having seen the moon, we don't know what it means. We say spring, but without ever having lived through a spring, we don't know. It would just be as empty as it is. It only becomes alive when our recollection comes and as you may know from your zazen, recollection goes way, way beyond words, feeling, sensation, all of that. Time is a concept, is an abstraction of the activity of dharma. It's a crutch that helps us orient ourselves in this world where there is distance between the past, the future, and where we call this distance now. But the very act of calling it something already means that we are off. We have lost presence, suchness. Now, of course, we could not live without a concept of time. There are certain societal and cultural things that we have agreed upon, such as seven days in what we call a week, 52 weeks in what we call a year, 24 hours in what we call a day, and so on. Those are just agreements that we have made. And look at the United States. We don't agree with the rest of the world that length should be measured in centimeters, that weights should be universally or globally measured in grams, temperature measured in a specific way. This is a very good example for the fact that all of these agreements 
are arbitrary. Again, to say it clearly, we need it in society to function. We need it for culture to exist, for communication to exist. But what we cannot forget about is that these are the mere shells, the flattened instances of something that is much, much richer and that actually is alive. Philosophy is a great thing to think about, but that's what it is. Thoughts. As soon as it comes to the wordless, that what is before words exist, philosophy fails. Even science comes to the point where it cannot go any further. So where do these thoughts lead us? What we learn in practicing Zazen, what we learn in Zen practice, is to return and to acknowledge that that exists before the words come into existence. The moon does not need to be called moon. Seeing it fully, experiencing it with our full presence is so much more than the word moon. Spring is so much more than the word spring. But ultimately, at the same time that we see through the emptiness, or better said, the voidness of words without any essential being, we also learn to be with that activity of Dharma. At first, we might think about it in abstract ways of two opposing forces that complement each other while they oppose each other. But as we sit and follow our breath, we become more and more clear about it by fully being present with that activity of change. That without time, without instance, that suchness that effortlessly moves presence. And we learn that it cannot be grasped. But we also learn that we, when we have to speak about it, have to use the right words. Remember when the Buddha had his awakening, when Siddhartha turned into the awakened one, the Buddha. At first, he did not speak about it. He struggled. He struggled with the fact that it is beyond description. He struggled with it so hard. But later, with his heart opening from that experience, he learned that the compassionate thing to do is to speak about it, to speak about it mindfully with careful 
selection of words and with the very warning that these words are not it. So that dynamic spot of suchness, the dynamic spot of presence is what moves through spring, through summer, through fall and through winter. And within that spot, all of that collectively exists. Effortlessly, it moves. Now in our Zazen, let's get to that presence, that openness, that non-attachment that allows us to be present in every breath. And the more we are able to do that, the more we fully are present. At first, we might move through an exhalation like winter turning into spring, in an inhalation, spring turning to summer. But eventually, our presence becomes so strong that a single exhalation is a whole lifetime from being born to thriving, growing up, to aging, to becoming old, to becoming weak, and to disappearing completely. And reincarnated with the next inhalation again, we are born almost helpless and grow up through inhalation, through the prime of that lifespan to its grave. Sometimes when I speak with practitioners who have engaged in Zen practice for a couple of years or even between five and ten years, we might find questions about how boring this breathing practice is. But the more we get into it, the more presence, the more being with the breath we become, the more fascinating it becomes. If it is boring, it just means your presence is not present. All the passion of being alive has to be manifest in our breath so that we are truly alive and so that we truly die to be reborn over and over again. From the new moon through the full moon back to the next new moon in a single breath, in a single exhalation, in a single inhalation, from the Big Bang to the vanishing of the universe. Could there be anything that is more exciting? <laughs>